are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with y'all on this Tuesday, a game day for your New Orleans Pelicans, taking on the Utah Jazz tonight. We'll preview that game in the third segment of today's show, but I want to get into a couple of other things before that. I want to do a bit of a deep dive on the defense. The numbers have started to crash down. They're no longer in the top five. I'll tell you where the Pelicans defense ranks right now and give you some insight into the three-point shooting for opponents and shots at the rim as well. We'll get into that in the first segment. And then want to take a look at Jackson Hayes. I've been very critical of him this year, but he's put together between, you know, three or six good games, depending on how you want to look at it. Let's dive into his improvement over that and why it's so important for New Orleans to get those quality minutes from him. So let's dive into it all in today's edition of Locked On Pelicans. So before all of that, if you're like me and still trying to digest the Saints loss to the Buccaneers the other day, where does the team also go from here? Like who is going to be the QB? Because frankly, I don't actually want it to be Jameis Winston. And I'm hoping there's alternatives out there. Uh, you've got to listen to the Locked On Saints podcast. Ross Jackson, host of that show, is helping me make sense of everything that happened. I've been listening Monday through Friday because you know what? It's there. It's also free and five days a week for you. No paywall, just like Locked On Pelicans. So if you want to make sure uh, to know a little bit more about what's going on with the Saints and that playoff loss and what they do at the QB position, kind of important, right? Make sure you listen to uh, to Ross Jackson and the Locked on Saints podcast wherever you get your podcast from. So a lot of the discussion about the Pelicans on Twitter and in Pelicans Twitter has been, what's more to blame, the offense or the defense? And I've kind of come in and said, like, I don't see it as as one way or the other. They're both to blame at, at different times and for a lot of different things. But as we've watched this Over the past couple of games, you know, putting up just 37 points in the second half against the Lakers, failing to close out teams like the Charlotte Hornets and letting that game really get away from you, um, struggling against the Indiana Pacers and basically not scoring at all late in the fourth quarter or overtime. The offense seems to be a big culprit, yet Stan Van Gundy, the Pelicans head coach, has said otherwise, saying it's, it's not the offense, that's fine, it's the defense, yet... Most of the season, the defense has been ranked in the top five. So how can it really be the defense, right? Well, I'm here to shed some light on a couple of things because I really did a a deep dive into this because I was kind of curious behind some of the numbers and some of the film on it. I want to share you what what I've kind of uncovered and seen from some of this. And I've talked a little bit about it on the show before, too. The Pelicans defense right now is not good. That is a big part of this. They're actually ranked 18th currently in the NBA. Not a good number to have. So they've fallen from 5 to 18. A lot of this is early on in the year. These numbers can move based on one or two games. You can go from being a bad three-point shooting team to a good three-point shooting team based on the overall season numbers, based on one game. So there's a lot of variance into some of this. So I don't think the Pelicans defense was as good as it actually was uh, saying the numbers board out to be early on in the year. And I don't think it's as bad necessarily as some of the numbers are making it out to be right now. But I wanted to take a look at some of that because despite these offensive struggles, Stan Van Gundy seems to insist that it's the defense's issues of why they are not playing good basketball. 
basketball and winning good, uh, you know, winning basketball right now. I find it interesting given that we have eyes, we've seen them struggle, right? And some of the numbers said the defense was good. Well, now the numbers have switched a little bit. And the biggest issue comes with, say, three-point shooting. The Pelicans are giving up a lot, a lot, a lot of three-point shots. They are the worst when it comes when it comes to giving above-the-break threes. 33.6% of opponent shots, just total shots, come from non-corner three, above-the-break threes. It's a bad number to have. That's worst in the league. In terms of corner threes, they're giving up for the opponent's shot profile. 12.4% of all opponent shots are corner threes. That's... 29th out of 30th. These are two bad spots to be in. And overall, they're giving up three-pointers at a rate of 46% to the opponent. So almost half of opponent's shots are coming from three-point range. Threes are worth more than twos. It's a bad thing. Now, they're not defending these well either at all. They're giving up on corner threes. Teams are shooting, let me pull the the numbers here, 37.7% against them. When it comes to non-corner threes, so above the break threes, 38%. It's a lot. The above the break threes in particular are killing New Orleans. So I wanted to look at some of the numbers because Stan Van Gundy has clearly been packing the paint to try and eliminate shots at the rim. And it kind of goes to his whole philosophy. Shots at the rim are more efficient shots than three-pointers. So you prioritize one over the other. And certainly the Pelicans have been doing it. How many times have you yelled because there's open three-point shooters bombing away? And this is going to get into something that we're going to talk about when it comes to previewing the Utah Jazz tonight because they're a good three-point shooting team. So Stan Van Gundy has this team prioritize defending the rim over anything else. And you know what? They're doing a good job of that. The Pelicans are allowing the third fewest amount of shots at the rim in terms of percentage. Opponents are shooting at the rim 28.6% of their shots. That's third fewest. Washington's number one, 21.6. Miami is 26.9. Then the Pelicans at 28.6. Fourth is Milwaukee, by the way, 30.1. So the Pelicans are below the Milwaukee Bucks defense. They're doing this at the expense of giving up open three-point shots. And you heard Eric Bledsoe talking about it the other day, saying we're probably overcommitting to some degree on drives to the rim, on taking away the rim, because maybe we could kind of handle those ourselves, which means, you know, in one-on-one situations and not need a help defender or not need a guy to rotate over or to not have a guy kind of close in a little bit just to make the the driver uncomfortable. Maybe we can do some of that stuff less and defend the three-point line a little bit better. But here's the thing. I don't, so that sounds good, right? Like, okay, yeah, that should even things out a little bit more. They'll maybe allow a few more shots at the rim, no big deal. And then they'll defend the three-point line a little bit better, which kind of evens it out and should help improve the defense. Kind of makes sense. Balance, right? Thanos. That's what they need to become on defense or try and do do on defense. Um, And with Zion, I guess you can kind of do something like that. But here's the thing. They're actually not good at protecting the rim. They're good at limiting drives. They're not good at actually protecting the rim. Let's get into that and why I'm saying that in the next segment of today's show. So today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by betonline.ag. The NFL playoffs deep into it now, and this is when things get interesting. The NBA is basically playing games every single night. You've got soccer all over the world and a ton of other sporting events. It's fun to be watching sports and like this when there's a ton of things going on. And you can make it even more interesting by getting in on the action. And if you do want to place bets on the game, there's only one place that has you covered and only one place I trust, and that's betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag 
and use that promo code blocked on for a 50% welcome bonus. It's like you've won a free bet already. You're already a winner. And all you did was sign up because they're giving you free money. They've got the NFL playoff game of the week. Every line, every prop bet you could want when it comes to the NFL and the NBA and anywhere you can look. Get on their website, betonline.ag, and just take a look at the myriad of things that you can bet on. You know these teams. You know these sports. I know you. I've talked to a lot of you. You're smart sports fans. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. And don't forget, use that promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. So there was a big slate of games in the NBA the other night in honor of MLK Day. You didn't watch them all. I didn't even watch them all. And as much as I love basketball, sometimes you just need a quick roundup of what's going on around the association. The Locked On NBA podcast is the easiest way to do it. And on Tuesdays, you get Wes Goldberg, Warriors beat writer for the Mercury News and host of Locked On Warriors, and David Rammel, host of the Locked On Heat podcast. They're going to tackle all of the games, give you a recap and rundown on everything you need to know, as well as check in on the biggest stories going on on around the NBA coast to coast. Subscribe to the Lockdown NBA podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget, check it out tomorrow because I'm going to be on there co-hosting with John Corrales of Lockdown Celtics. So I know in the open, I said we were going to talk about Jackson Hayes. We're going to have to push that to another day because I think this topic around this team is just too important to try and overlook. And this is why I dislike some of the Twitter discourse of what's the bigger problem, offense or defense? Yes, the offense scored 37 points in a second half, and that's bad, and it struggled at times. But the defense is also a problem. So I also don't really like that Stan Van Gundy is boiling it down to one thing, too. There's problems all around, but this defensive problem definitely has one is one that could kind of explode in the Pelicans face. I really do see it as kind of a dam waiting to burst. So the numbers look good at the beginning of the year. And now they don't look good anymore. And we've said they're good at limiting opponents scoring in the paint and getting into the paint. But here's the thing. They're not actually good at defending the rim. This is going to come and look like something the Pelicans did a couple of years ago when Boogie went down and they ended up sweeping the Portland Trailblazers in the first round. That offense and their offensive numbers after Cousins went down looked good, but they actually weren't an efficient offense. They were just running in transition so much and so much more than any other team when transition is the easiest way to score points that even if they weren't efficient in transition and they were closer to middle of the pack than being in the top 10, they were doing it so much that it elevated their offense overall even if it wasn't like a sustainable thing long-term. It was kind of smoke and mirrors. I think that's kind of what's happening just on the inverse with the Pelicans here. They limit teams shooting at the rim. I just gave you the numbers. That's courtesy, by the way, of cleaningtheglass.com. And they do a good job of limiting opponents shooting at the rim. 28.6% of opponent shots come at the rim. In terms of actual per-game numbers... Let me pull it here. The team is giving up just 22.2 shots per game in the restricted area. Teams are making, though, 15.5 of those 22.2. That is a field goal percentage of 69.9%. Let's round it up. Call it 70 here. Teams are shooting 70% at the rim against the Pelicans. So when teams do get in to the paint and score right at the rim in the restricted area, they do a really good job of it. And that's where the Pelicans really struggle. And in fact... When it comes to shooting percentage against the uh, against the team at the rim, the Pelicans at that point are the second worst team in the league. So when you boil it down to points per play, points per possession in terms of shots at the rim, the Pelicans are giving up 1.4 shots per possession. So they're giving up 1.4 points to one shot attempt at the rim. 
That's a bad, bad number. The Lakers have the best defense in the league. They're giving up 1.2. You give up a higher percentage at the rim. It's just how it goes. It's a higher percentage shot overall in terms of field goal percentage. So it's going to be a more efficient shot. So when you look at that, they definitely need to maybe be selling out to stop teams from shooting at the rim against them because they're giving up an insanely high percentage of quality looks when teams do it or teams are converting those looks at an insanely high rate. That's not good. The, the That is a way to get sunk. And you kind of saw some of that against the Sacramento Kings the other night with De'Aaron Fox getting right down into the teeth of defense and scoring easily at the rim like there was no resistance there. You also had Marvin Bagley III doing the same thing. That is not a sustainable way to win games. So if your defense is that bad at actually protecting the rim, yeah, you better be trying to limit that even at the expense of three-point shots because here's the numbers. Above the break threes, let's boil it down to points per possession, right? Points per shot. For above the break threes, the Pelicans are giving up 1.12 points per shot. Compare that to 1.4 at the rim. And then for corner three, 1.11 points per shot compared to 1.4 at the rim. If it's a pick your poison situation, you probably want to, you know, sell out a little bit more for the one where, yeah, it's much, much worse for you. And so when Stan Van Gundy says, yeah, it's the defense that's a big part of the problem, and some of it is the transition defense, right? They're giving up too many live ball turnovers. Teams are getting in transition and able to run against them, and you get easy looks at the rim that way. But when teams do manage to get past that perimeter defense and they don't find like four Pelicans there and they're like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I, I can get in and I can score here. That's why they're they're limiting some of these drives. They're not covering three-point shooters to sell out trying to protect the paint. They have to because they're so actually bad at defending the rim. It's a big part of the problem here. So when I look at the Pelicans defense, I don't necessarily see a ton of improvement. I see some scheme, which is smart. That's maybe masking some of the greater issues. And so any team that realizes that we can do both, let's really try and hammer the pain early on, even when there's a bunch of defenders there, because we think we can actually score given the numbers and the data. And it's th- this is available to me. Imagine what NBA team's data is on the Pelicans in their defense and some of the scouting reports and other things that they have. De'Aaron Fox certainly seemed to get the memo in the game the other night. When teams really start to kind of figure out how to attack this team, go, yeah, we're going we're to go inside and really hurt them here. And then we're going to get even more open looks. Or if they realize the Pelicans defense is starting to adjust. OK, don't shoot as many threes against them because they're defending that a little bit better. But we should be able to feast on the inside then. I'm worried about what we're seeing here because they're not particularly good at actually defending the rim other than limiting shots. It's a deterrent, sure. But once you're actually not that deterred by it, given some of the numbers... Yeah, they're going to be able to score kind of both at the rim and on the three-point line. So while the Pelicans are giving up a ton of open looks, and they are, and I don't like some of the tracking data on the NBA stats site, but open shots are open shots, right? There's no way, I don't know if teams are actually defending it when it says close. I don't know, you know, even if the guy's back is to the three-point shooter, they tag it as a close defender if he's within a certain amount of feet. doesn't mean it's an actual defended shot, but open shots are open shots, right? If no one's within six feet of you, it's not defended. Four feet, same thing. So when I look at these numbers, it might be better right now to be giving up these three-point shots because it's going to be so much worse the other way. Now, you could say the flip side of that is, well, it's, you know, three-point shots are three-point shots are worth more than twos. The numbers bear it out in terms of points per possession. And the Pelicans should be giving up a higher points per possession at the rim because you get that kind of shooting percentage there. So it means they are defending the more efficient shot, and they're doing it at least in terms of deterrence at a good rate. I don't hate what I'm seeing out of it. And so when we complain about the open three-point shots, I think you kind of need to look at it as one of those things of, yeah, it could be worse though. 
And that's kind of what I see. So this this may get tested tonight, and that's a good segue into talking about the Utah Jazz and previewing tonight's game. So we'll get into that coming up here in just a moment. So today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is also brought to you by rockauto.com. Going into a chain store to order parts for your car is just never a helpful thing. If you're brand new to working on cars yourself, you're going to go in there. You're going to tell them the make and model you have, Honda Civic, right? And they're going to turn their computer around and show you the one part that they have in stock. But with so many different trims out there, that one part might not actually fit your car. So now you've spent big bucks on a part that isn't actually going to repair whatever it is that you want to repair. And if you've been doing this yourself and you're experience do it yourself or they're going to overcharge you there because you know what you're captive in the brick and mortar store and they're not going to give you different options they have one part and they may or may not have it it's an awful experience and you know what chain stores also have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do it yourselfers but rockauto.com is a family business that's been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years and they can have everything you want at the lowest possible prices. Their catalog, unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Select the year of your car, select the type of your car, and then select the specific trim. And they're gonna show you the parts that we, I promise you will fit your car. And they have everything. I'm working on a car from 1976. It's older than I am. I order parts from there all the time, always in stock, always here quickly, and they fit my car. I'm looking at it right now. I got a radiator. I have a condenser. I have a ton of hoses. I have a thermostat, thermostat gasket. I could go on and on and on. They even have the paint that kind of makes my engine just look a little bit nicer. It's easy to use and the prices are always reliably low. The same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Do not spend up to twice as much for the same parts. You're not doing a big job on your car. It's fine. Motor oil is cheaper there. Brake pads are cheaper there. All these littler things. They even have carpet for your car if you kind of want to make it refreshed and look a little bit nicer. Give it a look. RockAuto.com right now to see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, Locked on in there. How did you hear about us box so they know we sent you? Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. So it's 2021, it's mid-January, that means March Madness is just a few months away and it is happening this year. But the future of the NBA right now, it's already on display. Get a head start on next year's draft analysis by subscribing to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board podcast, literally Chad Ford, the GOAT, the draft guru, and he has his first Big Board of the year out right now with profiles of Cade Cunningham, Jalen Suggs, Evan Mobley, and more. Subscribe to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board podcast wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so wrapping up today's show, it's a game day for your New Orleans Pelicans. They travel to Utah, out still on this road trip, to play a two-game series. They're playing tonight, and then Thursday on the Thursday show, we'll probably bring on David Locke to kind of preview the game with me and also to kind of look at adjustments and how the first matchup went. Should be a lot of fun. I kind of dig these two-game series that allow a little more chess-matchy type of feel to them. Adjustments can be made right in the moment, and I kind of like that counter and then countering the counter and all of that, the strategy involved in that makes these things kind of fun and really unique to this season. And I wonder if we're going to see more of this going forward because I just kind of like this overall. So I kind of alluded to it in the first two segments, talking about how the Utah Jazz are a good three-point shooting team. Pelicans give up a lot of open looks, but they also aren't good at defending the rim. This is not an ideal matchup for New Orleans because of that. I'm laughing, but it's more like a defense mechanism here because you're kind of worried. What do you do? You laugh and everything's now awkward. I'm sorry. So the Utah Jazz, fourth best three-point shooting team by percentage. They're shooting basically 40% from deep, 39.7%. They're also doing it 
on the third most volume, they are taking 41 threes per game. It's a bad recipe for New Orleans. Their defensive game plan so far this year has been to pack the paint, limit drives. When guys start to drive, they kick it out and you give up an open three. But hey, you know what? In terms of efficiency, that's worse than giving up those shots at the rim on a per possession basis, per play basis. I just broke down the numbers for you. You probably need to adjust somewhat here when it comes to the Utah Jazz because otherwise you're just you're just going to get lit up. Like there's there's no other way to really put it. They're going to light you up if that's the case. The Utah Jazz don't take a ton of shots at the rim normally because they're such a good three-point shooting team. And you know what? As a team, they're shooting under 60% from the rim. That's 24th out of 30 when it comes to it. If you're going to lose to the Utah Jazz, I'd rather have it because they went inside, which is not their strength, and beat you that way. You can look at some of the numbers here of all the guys they have on this team that take more than three three pointers per game. None shoots worse than 36%. That is insane to me. Royce O'Neal, 48% from deep. Jordan Clarkson, 43% from deep. Mike Conley is having a resurgent year after a rough last year, 42.2%. Bogdanovich, 39%. Donovan Mitchell, 37%. Joe Ingles, who may or may not play in this one, um, he was listed as day-to-day, didn't play the other night for him, 36%. That's really good shooting all around in the Pelicans. If they go with their normal defensive game plan, are they going to give those guys plenty of space and time and open looks to bomb away from deep? And those type of numbers are not ones that I want to bank on just having a regression game or a variance game where they don't happen to be shooting well, let alone at home. This is a way to lose this game very easily. You probably need to alter the game plan somewhat if you are Stan Van Gundy. Rudy Gobert is really good, but he's only averaging 12.2 points per game. If he beats you by going off for 30 and you lose, but you clamp down on the three-point shooters and let him, didn't let them just bomb away from deep, I, I'm going to kind of shrug my shoulders and be like, you know what? That was probably the right play. Maybe this team's just better, and they beat you, and that's that. And maybe that's the move. Donovan Mitchell has been a, more aggressive this year than last year in terms of trying to attack and get to the rim. Make him do that at least. At least try and contain him, and if he dumps it off to Rudy Gobert down low, again, I can live with Rudy Gobert beating the New Orleans Pelicans. I don't really want to live with them bombing away from three and being like, well, what did you expect? They're a really, really, really good three-point shooting team. I'm curious, because Stan Van Gundy's been a little bit stubborn at times, is he going to adjust in this game? And I'm not sure. And so these couple opening possessions of this game, which is probably going to be ball, you know, going to Donovan Mitchell and him attacking. Are they going to try and trust their defense or are they going to, you know, maybe sell out to stop him? This is where having a guy like Lonzo Ball actually does help. He's not an amazing defender, but he's certainly an above average defender. And if you're throwing to Keel Alexander Walker, it's probably it would probably be Eric Bledsoe. And look, Lonzo is listed as questionable for this when I'm recording this. You know, he might be key to this. So if you don't see Nikhil Alexander-Walker starting this, and it is the normal starting black backcourt of Eric Bledsoe and Lonzo Ball, I don't hate it, even though I'm not really a big fan of starting Lonzo Ball right now and enjoying seeing Nikhil play many more minutes and taking on a significant role. This matchup just doesn't seem to work in the Pelicans' favor this year. And these games were close last year for the most part. You know, you had that big game, 49 points with Brandon Ingram, basically dueling Rudy Gobert down the stretch along with Donovan Mitchell in there. I just don't know if I trust this Pelicans team enough to really be competitive in this one. But 
I hope I'm proven wrong and maybe just getting a victory over the Sacramento Kings was enough to right the ship that you see better play from New Orleans. But I, I am very shaky on this defense right now. And though the offense is still a big problem, <laughs> and it's probably going to be a bit of a problem in this game if it gets close. I don't trust them down the stretch. Um, the defense, I kind of agree with Stan Van Gundy that, you know what, like there's, there's a lot going on here that I am concerned about with it. I think this could start to get out of hand really quickly in terms of the Pelicans defense in the rest of the season. But this is a game that doesn't play into their favor. If they are competitive in this one and it looks better than we're expecting, it's kind of a win and maybe the team trending in the right direction. It's why you play the games. It's why I'm going to watch. And I can't wait to see this one. I can't wait to recap it all tomorrow. So thank you all for listening. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Don't forget, subscribe to the show, rate it five stars, and check out Locked on Saints because I'm still trying to make sense of what the Saints are going to do when Ross Jackson's got you covered there. So thank you all for listening, and I'll be back with you all tomorrow to recap the game.